All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Doc's Den, episode four. Um, seems like just yesterday we were um, just kicking this off and we've got some good momentum. I'm excited about today's guest. Um, I really appreciate everybody's uh, feedback and uh, input on YouTube and subscribing to the uh, to the YouTube channel. Uh, the feedback's been great. Um, today I have a special guest that I wanted to get on here as, as quickly as I could, and I'm lucky to have him here today. And he's very well known in Northern California, especially, but California for sure. Um, and that's around youth baseball and high school baseball and scouting in general. And um, for those of you who know me well, uh, I coached baseball for many years, coached my son's teams, coached uh, a lot of youth baseball. And um, I always said my, my love is for baseball, but my passion is golf. And so um, it was very, very important for me to bring Butch on because I wanted to dive into his thoughts on where the game of baseball is at today where it's going and and where some of these athletes have exploded to from you know being these little five and six year olds to now hitting dingers at 13. so uh i want to welcome butch bacala right it All is right. bacala thank, thank you, you butch it's great to have you and um i i'd love if you could just share a little of your background and how you got into baseball and all of your uh, all of your your background around baseball, and I know you grew up in Petaluma. Talk a little bit about that, and give everyone that set the stage. Yeah, I'd love to. And plus, thanks Absolutely. for having me on. This is nice, and uh, it's good to talk to yeah. a Californian. Uh, <laughs> my baseball background, you know, in Petaluma. Petaluma is a really uh, baseball town. So, um, I started, you know, when I was in little league, like the kids that we try to talk to now, uh, and we played, we just played baseball. We played wiffle ball all day long. Then we'd go to a ba little league baseball field and play. I was on a team called Sonoma Joe's Okay. and we won the Petaluma championship. You know, the, the, it's funny how you remember these things about your, your childhood, but you, you can't remember the things about right. a week ago. Uh, but I, <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, you know, then I played senior league uh, in the little league system. Uh, didn't do any youth baseball until I got to about 16 years old. And I played Joe DiMaggio baseball and American okay. Legion. And, um, you know, I was a high school player at Petaluma High. Uh, my senior year, we went 30 and one, won the whole NCS. I was lucky enough to be the California co-player wow. of the year with a guy named Ron Robinson. Okay who pitched in the big leagues for the Cincinnati oh, Reds. Um, and, you know, then I went to San Francisco state and played for a guy named Orrin Freeman, uh, who just recently passed away, uh, but was such a great mentor to me. You know, he ended up being the assistant to the general manager at, uh, for the Florida Marlins. At one time he was the scouting director for the Florida Marlins. And, uh, he just, he, uh, he created a love for me. And uh, a passion to uh, watch. I mean, I can 
honestly tell you, I became a scout for 26 right. years and it was because of him. Cause we would sit on the bench and just break down guys while the game was That's going awesome. on. That's so cool. Yeah. Who, who, um, did you work for one baseball team or were you like an independent scout for the whole league? No, I, I started as an area scout, uh, in the Seattle Mariners organization, a guy named Roger Youngward hired me. I was at uh, Cal Poly San Luis as a pitching coach and recruiting coordinator. And uh, about three months into that job, uh, he called me and asked me if I wanted to be the Northern California scout and the pitching coach up in the Northwest. That's League. cool. So, yeah, it was fun. I took that job and, uh, you know, I worked for the Mariners and I worked for, uh, I worked for the Braves for 10 years, then the Reds for 10 years, and then I worked for Seattle my last uh, Wait, five When years. you were with the Braves, was that everything in base in California, West Coast? I was I was the area scout. Uh, I got hired by a guy named Chuck Lamar, who, was a, who ended up being the GM for the Tampa Bay Double Rays, and probably the best scout I've ever worked with as far as breaking down talent. Yep. Uh, he had me up in the Northwest. Then he moved on to the GM job at Tampa Bay. And then uh, Paul Snyder, a legendary name in the uh, Braves organization, hired me. And uh, him and Dave Wilder made me the West Coast cross-checker. So I was able to move back to Sonoma County and do my job on the West Coast. And then uh, I got a job with, uh, with Cincinnati for a year as a special assignment scout. And then I became their national cross checker nice. for seven I, I years. I got to, I got to ask just because, I mean, I'm a Sarah high school guy and there, there's a guy named yeah. Gary Hughes, who's a legend. Oh, he I, is mean, a he, legend. I know he just passed away and we, we had a really special memorial for him put up, but um, Gary Hughes was just, I mean, with the Yankees, he was on, you know, ESPN 30 for thirties. And I mean, when you talked about Yankee scouting, his, his name would pop up. It, how what, did you have a relationship with him as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, Gary and Oren were oh, best God. friends. Okay. And Oren, Gary hired Oren away from San Francisco state. And then, uh, uh, Gary got me my first really? job. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he did. He got me. He introduced me to Roger Youngward and recommended me to Roger Youngward. And uh, that I got my first job that, through Gary Hughes. And, 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 and Gary, uh, total yeah. legend in the scouting business. He, uh, besides, you know, a great feel for scouting and reading people and and being able to digest information and take it and use it the right way, uh, Gary was just a tremendous, tremendous person treated everybody like. They yeah. Were so I've, I've heard nothing but positive. I, I, I only knew him very surface level, but from what I've heard from the Sarah community, just salt of the earth, salt of the earth. Um, he tr truly, he truly was. Uh, Butch, tell, uh, you know, I've looked up your, uh, your new company, new venture athlete, nine one one or 9-11, share with everybody, share with everybody yeah. what that's about. And is it just a baseball organization? Are you guys doing training as well? Could you share more on that? Yeah. 
Yeah, Athlete 911 started out, I was about 1.30 in the morning. I just heard about a, an athlete killing himself. And so I wanted to start a company that could help athletes that were having problems mentally, dealing Love with it. stuff. And um, I got into it a couple weeks, really was aggressive with it. And then my lawyers told me, Butch, this isn't a great really? idea. Yeah. So I changed gears. I kept the athlete 911. And I went into like an advice business, which grew into a baseball business. And, you know, it's now become athlete 911. Athlete 911 means nine players, one team, one like heart. It. Like it. And, and, uh, you know, we try to help kids that are 13 to 18 years old. Um, I don't take players on ability. I take players and families that want to yeah. be with us. And uh, it's a it's a unique situation because if I have families that, you know, are above it all and uh, don't, you know, aren't good team guys and team families, I, I sure. get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I hate to say that, but in today's game, that you know some people have the wrong idea for what you know i know for what my organization's about and our our develop our athlete 911 is purely development and helping players find the next level i love it i love it and let's be honest today i mean and this has been my experience that a lot of parents think if you're not winning you're not growing which is the complete opposite of what might been my experience and that, um, you know, there's a lot of overbearing out there. And when when these, you know, these soccer moms come to me and say, why isn't Johnny hitting better? Or he's he struck out once. And I'm like, that's part of life. He's going to strike out. I want him to strike out, to be honest, because I want to see what he's going to do next. You know, and, and that's part of the reward for coaching is when you see a kid maybe strike out or fail at one thing and then come back and crush it on something else. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding as a coach. I, I couldn't agree more with you, but I, I understand, see, you know, I was a parent, so I understand where all these people are coming from. I'm not one of those coaches that doesn't think the parents can say anything or, or can't believe something. I, I'm, I'm all for freedom of speech and letting them say what they want to yeah. say to me, even though sometimes it's yeah. not what I want to hear, but all the families in our organization understand we're here to uh, help them get better as players, as people. And I agree uh, with them in the fact that winning is a part of development. Uh, and I, and it's not, that what what right. we follow, but um, we do want. Who doesn't want to win? I mean, that's a given. We all, everybody wants to win. But uh, I'm not worried about a 13 year old what he's doing now. I'm worried about what he's going to be doing when he's sure. 17. Sure, absolutely. And uh, it's it's um, it's amazing the the athletes I see today compared to when I mean I graduated in 1989 and compare she's hey, buddy. young hey buddy you're a pup what year did you pup. graduate <laughs> what say now. all right well <laughs> no i'm okay. 1980 i graduate I'm, I'm 
I'm going to be 60 years you old look here spectacular, in buddy. You look spectacular. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I wish I felt spectacular. <laughs> but the, the athletes today, not just baseball, but even with football and hoops, these guys look like an Adonis. And, and you know, they're training more. They're eating better. They're, of course, their routine is focused around their sport or whatever they're involved with. And, you know, when we were growing up or when you were growing up, we did everything. We did basketball, football, baseball. We did everything. Swimming, swimming. Yeah. And it, it's a different era today, uh, a Butch. And, and you know, I, I don't despair it. I don't say, you know, my, my thing is when, when kids or parents come to me and ask, you know, my son plays football for the University of Louisville. And they a lot of times parents ask me, do you, do you let him play other sports growing up? I said, not only did I, I want, I wanted to do him. I encouraged it because he needed to learn everything across the board from soccer to he even tried hockey, which that was a whole experiment in itself, but basketball and baseball were <laughs> extremely large development blocks for him. And um, it, it was just, it was priceless. What, what are your thoughts on that, Butch? Anything that you, my thought is, is we, you know, in, in my era, in my age, we played all three sports. We didn't have a lot of coaching. We had a lot of kids that just wanted yeah. to play ball. And we, we learned together, uh, uh, playing together. But it, it is such a different world now. Um, I think there's players that still play for the love of the game and, you know, the big care to the big leagues or, you know, the NBA, but it's more um, individual yeah. driven. It's not so much team driven anymore. And I, I mean, I started a business called seems to dreams and it's, it's an advice giving business, but I, I plan out the whole direction that player is going to take during his high school year. What, events he's going to go to, what events he's ready to go to, uh, totally honest with the families. And, you know, it's just a, um, people, what I have found in the last three or four years truly is people need direction. You know, they're, they're going into a blind, they, they're, it, it'd be I, like yeah. uh, a guy being a lawyer and me trying to tell him what to do yeah, as a lawyer. Absolutely. He right. can't do it. You know, so there's a lot of people out there that are so busy working, trying to make a living for their family um, that they become weekend warriors. And then they need somebody to, you know, do their job Monday through Friday and help them do their job so that their kid's not missing right. anything. And it's, it's just it's it's, you know, if you can play three sports, you're sure. really lucky. Because it's it's become so, um, you know, these coaches nowadays are trying to make kids only play one sport and commit to them yeah. full time. And I just don't, I, I mean, I think if you can play any sport, it's doing, the, the best thing it's doing for you is teaching you how to Absolutely. compete. And, and I don't think, you know, you can play one sport and get to play it for a four month window. So that means you're not really competing the other yeah. eight months. And, and I, I just, I, I'm a big believer in competing. What, you know, one thing I really wanted to talk to you and 
this sort of dovetails off competition is I, I'm a baseball junkie when it comes to like scouting report, high school baseball, like all the NorCal websites. I, I can't, even though I have no, no skin in the game, I have no, I have no bloodline yeah. in that other than kids I know and their, their last name. Tell me about Northern California high school baseball right now. What does that look like? Is it healthy? Is it growing? Or is it able to compete with Southern California? I would say that there are teams up here that can compete with Southern California. It, it's, it's a whole different kind of aggressive down in, in Southern California with the players and their training and how much they're on mm-hmm. a field. Uh, Northern California is a, a, a truly a rich environment and grounds for baseball players. I think there's a ton of good baseball players here. I think there's a ton of good uh, high school programs. I think there's some very, very good youth programs and people that are running their, their youth mm-hmm. programs. Now, just like anything else, there's high school coaches that shouldn't be coaching high school. You know, there's, there's, there's dads coaching high school ball and it's it's come to that and it's just not fair that 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 there's too much daddy ball going on in the high schools that I, that i'm seeing in northern really? california but like yesterday I, I went out and watched oak ridge and elk yeah. grove play what a good baseball game for right. high school kids sure. you know i mean they knew they knew how to bunt they knew how to get to, they knew how to move runners over they made plays yeah. when they had to make them um but to answer your question, I, I think Northern California is very, very good. I think there's more uh, high school players that should be drafted out of high school and sign. Uh, but college is a great yeah. route. And I think sometimes scouts, uh, you know, they don't have the experience and know that, hey, I'm going to stick my neck out on this guy because I think in three years he's going to be yeah. really good. And, and signing them before uh-huh. they're good instead of waiting for three years and then everybody sees yeah, that they're good. Agree. Is is that Trinity League in LA still sort of considered premium, sort of top of the top of the food chain? I would say anything that's in Orange yeah. County, you know, Jay Sarah, Matter Day, you know, those those schools, and then some of the San Diego yeah. schools. I mean, they're, they're totally premium type baseball programs, but premium. And then coaches. you look at the Bellarmine, St. Francis, Sarah, Mitty, Valley, Valley Christian. You'd look at these teams and on a good day, they would get them maybe one out of what, five or six. But if you played them over a 10 game stretch, the LA teams would probably win two out of 10 or 10 out of two or eight, out, eight out of 10, yeah, Sorry. Eight, yes, out of 10. eight out of 10. I just, I, you know what, in baseball, I just, I don't know if you can say that. I, I would say that the Bellarmines, the St. Francis's, you know, the Davis right. Owls, um, you know, there's a couple teams up here in the 916 that are really competitive. Uh, I, what I think would be fun is taking that Boris. Oh Classic yeah, love it, love it, and 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 just bringing bringing Southern Cal up to Northern Cal one year and then bringing Northern Cal down to Southern Cal one year and towing it up and seeing who is better. I think that's a great idea. I love that tournament. And I even, 
I, I try to find whoever's streaming those games just to watch the talent and watch them hit bombs. And, and I mean, half these guys are throwing in the nineties on that, in those games anyway. So it's great baseball to watch. And um, yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more there. Uh, do you usually attend those games for the Boris classic? I do. I try to, I try to go and see, first of all, I try to see all the kids in my athlete nine one one. I think it's really important. That's where I think, like the lesson part of, you know, the, of our industry yeah. right now is really lacking in the fact that guys give lessons, but they never go see their players play between the lines. Good point. I, that's it's, a great it's, point. It's really, it's really important to me that I see every one of yeah. my players and our players. And uh, I have a guy named Sean Blankenship that helps me to play the Sac State and played pro ball and he's an infielder and he's like my right hand arm and he and I try to see games uh, every day and make sure that we see our own players so that when it comes time for me to help them get to a school uh, be honest with their parents you know and and that's the one thing I think that that you have to always do is if the kids know that you care Uh about them they'll listen to anything you got to say but they when 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 they feel your insincerity and they think you're insincere, they won't, they, they won't give you the time. I, I agree with that too. So, Absolutely. So I just, we, tr- we just try to, we try to keep it real. We try to see as much as we can see And uh, Boris classic. I, I make sure that I always go. Yeah. It's, it's so talent rich that why wouldn't I want to see talented players? It keeps your eyes. Keen. Do you, when you have a kid come to you and say, you know, I have a potential opportunity to go to the, be a professional baseball player or go to college for free and, and get an education for three, four years, and then maybe play. Do you, how do you weigh that for them as an option? Do you, I mean, if you're a first round pick, it's kind of hard to say, no, I get that. But if if you're going to be a 20 round plus player, is it, how do you weigh the pluses and minuses of that decision? I think every situation yeah. is different. And, and, you know, there might be a 15th round kid that uh, is really not a good student. So it's really only yeah. his path. Um, and then there's the kids that, you know, the high round guys, the guys that go in the first three rounds, you know, where all the money is at yeah. in the draft. Um if, if they're good enough and, and they have the mental, I, I look more of it as mental yep, maturity, yeah. you know, emotional maturity. How are they going to handle being away from home for the first time? Um, all those things. And um, I think that's how you come to a decision. I, I, I think that uh, if you're going to go play minor league baseball, it's going to be an, a totally different experience than you would get going to a college and having roommates and yeah. being a kid. So I, I, I just think it, it would be really tough. So like, um, you know, like uh, Spencer Torkelson, he played for I one of my that, teams. Yeah. Where did he go to high school? Yeah. He went first in the draft a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, from Arizona okay. state, you know, and out of high school, I swear to God to you, he was the same hitter. He was when he got eight million at Arizona State, and he didn't even get drafted. No in high kidding. School. The same hitter. 
And he was just up and he went to Casa Grande yeah. High in Petaluma. And people knew about him, but people didn't put in a lot of time and mm-hmm. watch him. Uh, and, you know, guy, uh, guys that hit, just hit. And guys uh, with his ability, um, they don't they don't just pick it. I mean, he hit 46 home runs in Little League his That's 12-year-old insane. year. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he's always had that kind of yeah. hit ability. So, you know, I mean, guys, every, every situation is different. I don't, I think if he would have gotten 500,000 out of high school, he yeah. would have signed, you know, and, and bypassed going to college because his ultimate dreams was being a major league sure. superstar. Of course. So it, it, it just depends, you know, I mean, if you're educated or, or sorry about that, I got things oh, coming good. on my phone. Uh, if, if you're educated oriented, um, I would always tell the kid to go yeah. to school, uh, get his education, get his degree. It means yeah. a ton. I agree. I agree with that. And would you say, would you say the health of baseball is in a good spot right now in California and more, more so Northern California? Would you say the health of baseball is in a good spot as a stand? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, no, I sorry for interrupting, but I, I would I would tell you that it is, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, obviously COVID uh, hurt it some. You know, there's some kids that just didn't play uh-huh. for nine months and, and some people that were just were so scared uh, for their lives and their, for, for their yeah. grandparents' lives and all that kind of stuff. In in my in our organization, the way we did it was you were either COVID extreme, COVID average, or COVID okay. less. And you know, the, and we just you know everybody could do what they wanted to do, wear masks, didn't you know, don't wear masks. But the the what I see around Northern California is is guys are starting to get back into okay. that click. They're starting to their their game speeds are starting to uh, improve again. Um, you know the way guys are coached. I think it's getting better every year. I think um, I I think you know we can all do a better job of communicating together to yeah. help kids in the you know being number one to help kids. But for some reason in our baseball industry there is boatloads of ego. And we all have, yeah. including me. And, you know, you just have to learn to control it and understand that this is about kids. It's yeah, not about right. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, Butch, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on to talk about baseball, to talk about, you know, the health of the game that your background, um, obviously athlete 911 sounds like it's taken off as well. I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you. I, and if I could yeah. mention one thing, we started a new group, a guy named Walter Beatty, whose son is oh, Tyler yeah. Beatty, yep. you know, the guy that was giants pitcher and hopefully he's going to make the giants team. He and I have started this group called masters okay. of baseball and we do clinics, uh, we do uh, Twitter Spaces clinics on. I do them on Sunday night, and Walter does them okay. on Monday. So far, some of my guests have been Jay Johnson, Jerry Weinstein, 
Eric Valenzuela, nice. uh, Tim, we've had Tim yeah. Corbin, uh, John Savage. Wow. And like saying, uh, last week I had the general manager and now president of, uh, Kansas city Royals. Dayton oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And, and, and this Sunday I have, uh, I have Danny Jennings, okay. who's the assistant, you know, used to yeah. manage the Marlins and mm-hmm. scout. And so we try to mix it up with the best guys in baseball and and uh it's all about it's all about the kids and their development and them and their families learning and we call it real talk you know and it's just uh i'd love to have you come out and listen to it i will be i will be joining for sure and uh it sounds intriguing and only can learn more from there so that's awesome and phenomenal i I thank you uh, with sincerity, Butch, for coming on today. I know it was short notice, but uh, one thing I've learned in starting a podcast is half the battle is filling in guests and finding guests. So I appreciate your flexibility and coming on for me. It would have been spectacular. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Nice to meet you. I'll see you on the Twitter world. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.